excited today because I want to share with you a little bit. I want to take you a little bit of a personal journey of something that God kind of had to minister to me or to teach me in my own life. And, and I love these moments because I'm able to share and able to not just maybe teach you information, but I'm able to actually bring you into something that I walked through in my own life. And here's my heart. I hope what you learned today will help you experience breakthrough in your life because it's what's done in my own. But in order to get started, what I want to do is I want to kind of help us understand something. And here's what I want us to understand, and that's this. Um, have you ever wondered how all of us find ourselves in a place in this world where we are seeking for God to do something for us? Like, think about this. Anyone here, does anyone want God to do something for them in their lives? Anything, whether it's a family, yeah, yeah, everyone. Like every one of us in some time and fashion pray, go, God, can I, you know, get that, get that sale? God, can I, you know, help my marriage? God, could you help my children? God, could you give me that deal? God, could you help me feel better? God, could you give me favor? And so the idea is that every one of us goes through this life and, and there's this natural part of us as human beings that we cry out to the creator of the universe, our heavenly father, and we ask God to help us. In fact, many people that aren't even religious, when they go through life, they will find themselves in their cars at night praying to God, asking him to do something in our lives. And here's what I want to encourage you. You should do that because prayer is powerful. In fact, Jesus actually commanded us, we should pray for daily bread, that's provision. We should pray for protection, that prayer is an important part of our life. Although, listen to this, today's message is not about prayer. In fact, what I'm gonna talk about today, what God really showed me isn't really about prayer, it's about something else. But I want us to understand something, that prayer is powerful. In fact, it's so powerful, look at what the scriptures say, I want you to see this, and here is what it is that they say. That the prayers of a righteous person is powerful and effective. It accomplishes things. You bring God's power into the problems and obstacles of your life. And then they, the Bible goes on to say that Elijah was a human being, even as we are. In other words, he was just like us. And he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. And again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. In other words, what is God saying? Prayer works. Prayer is powerful. Prayer moves mountains. Prayer, prayer actually is a way that God, you can leverage the power of God and his army of angels in your life. And so, yes, we need to pray. Prayer does amazing things. In fact, I'll never forget this. Recently, I was praying over a couple staff members. And in the midst of praying over these staff members, we were kind of going through what, what I would like to call a routine. You ever get in rhythms of your life and you kind of just do things, you don't even really think about them because they become habit. So here I was sitting there and I was praying over some of the leaders of our church and I was getting ready to lay my hands on their shoulder and pray for him. And as I was getting ready to pray over him, I have to admit, it was probably just more routine. It was like, okay, well, I'm just going to say a quick prayer and then we'll go do, take care of stuff we need to take care of as a church, you know. And as I was laying my hands on the shoulder to pray, right as I was about to do it, God put in my mind something that really just hit me. And he put in my mind the story of Daniel, where, where, where Daniel was a man or a person just like you and me, and he began to fast and seek God. And then an angel appears before him and tells him, hey, Daniel, listen to this. On the day you begin to humble yourself and pray before the Lord, on that day, God, the creator of the universe, sent me to answer your prayer. And in that moment, as I was about to lay hands on it, God was saying to me, listen to me, this is not routine. 
You, you are literally calling out the powers of heaven's armies in behalf of your prayers. That when you're praying over people, they aren't just words, they're not just a religious routine, that there is true power and impact with it. That God, by the way, you don't pray to angels, but you pray to God, but God commands angels on your behalf. He can move mountains and obstacles and change the hearts of people. And that prayer is so powerful. And as I begin to pray in that moment, I begin to pray over him with such faith and power in my mind because I was like, God, that's right, this is not real. Rhythm. This is not a routine. This is real powerful. And what I want you to understand is, as you're walking through this life, that prayer is essential. Prayer is powerful. And there are some mountains in your life. There are some things that you face in this world that you cannot solve on your own. That there's nothing in your power that can make it happen. And that prayer is literally the weapon that God has given you to change the circumstances, to protect you, to provide for you. And I'm telling you something. There will come a day one day when you get up to heaven and God kind of unveils everything. And in that moment, I'm telling you something. You will realize all of the things that you have prayed for and the power that took place. I wish you could see it. Because my heart is walking through this. And we go, okay, hey, we all are wanting God to do something for us. And so prayer is a part of the process and prayer is powerful. But here's the other side of this I want you to see. And this is where it begins to hit me and what I want to hit today. And that's this. What if there was something you could do that could actually add power to those prayers? Like what, what if there was something you could do in your life, and yes, fasting, whoever said that is correct, is one of the things, but what if there was something else you could do beyond fasting? We're gonna be doing a prayer and fasting in, in January, and we're, I'm excited about that as a church, and we're gonna see God do miracles. But what if there's something you could do beyond prayer and fasting that could actually add power in your life and actually help you, listen to this, experience breakthrough in an area? Because the reason why I say this, because here's what I found in my own life, and I think maybe if you were honest, you would say the same thing. Is as much as you've been seeking God in prayer, and, and you, I'm sure you have, and I bet you you could probably write a list of all the times God's been faithful and, and he's answered those prayers. But if you were open and honest, you'd also tell that there's probably some areas in your life where you've prayed to God and you haven't experienced breakthrough. In other words, you've sought out the Lord, you have been faithful, done your part, and yet you're looking for the result, and you're going, God, I, I don't know, like, well, what's going on? Do you ever feel like in your prayer that God's like straight to voicemail? <laughs> you ever feel that before? Like, I prayed so much, and it didn't happen. And maybe you're praying for your marriage. God, will you just, you know, heal my marriage? And man, if you could just change him, you might need two angels. He's really stubborn. But you just would said two of them. That'd be great. God, please, please, please pray for him. And you're praying, and yet you're not experiencing breakthrough in your marriage. Or maybe you're praying for your kids and you want them to come back to God or awaken spiritually and, and, and you're praying, you're praying, you're praying. You're like, but, but they're just not, they're not getting it. They're not experiencing that. Maybe you're praying for promotion and God, I prayed for this job and you gave it to my mortal enemy. <laughs> and they're not even good. And you gave it to them. And here I am praying and, and you didn't do this for me. Or maybe you're praying for God's discernment. God, I, I just need to know, what should I do? And I'm praying, and I keep waiting, and, and you, Jesus said, you'd hear my voice. I don't hear your voice, God. I don't know where to go to the right or to the left. And you find yourself in these situations. Here's what I want you to see. You find yourself in your situation where you're praying for God to do something for you, and yet you're not experiencing breakthrough in the area. Here's why I say this. This is what was happening to me. And I found myself in, in one of these sessions with God where I'm praying to God, and, and I mean, I use that word, Loosely, I was more complaining to God. Anybody, you know, complain, pray? Anybody else complain, pray? 
just me, it's just me, where you kind of find yourself, and you make it sound spiritual. You're just whining and complaining because no one else cares, and no one else wants to hear it. And so, God, I'm going to bring all my problems to you because, like, what else do you have to do in the universe, right? And, and so I found myself in this moment complain praying, God, I don't understand why have I not experienced breakthrough in this one area? I mean, yeah, I got a list of God doing things that were so amazing in my life, and he has answered so many prayers and done things that I could never have done in my own strength or ability. But there was this one area of my life where I'm praying, going, God, why is there not breakthrough? And here's what I want you to understand, is God began to reveal to me, at least in my life, what the barrier actually was in this situation. Now, here's why I say this. It may not be for you, but here's what I want you to see. I truly believe that the same barrier that God revealed to me in that moment is probably the barrier for some things in your life that you are praying. And I'm telling you something right now. And if you will do what I think God had commanded us to do, we're gonna look at today, and what God began to convict and encourage me to do, I really believe that there's some of you here that have not experienced breakthrough for all the praying and even the fasting, that if you will add this component to your life, you may be shocked to see how God actually gives you the breakthrough that you are looking for. And here in essence, if I could, if I could put it in a statement, what God kind of was sharing with me and what he kind of revealed to me in my own life, I, I want to kind of give this to you in a statement to help you understand it. And in essence, if I could paraphrase what God would say to me and what I think God would say to you in some of these areas is simply this. And here's what it is. Um, oh, go this right there. And there we go. Stop asking God to do for you what he wants to do with you. Now, here's what I mean by this. Here's what I mean. What God was saying to me in this moment is, yes, I know you've been praying for this area, and you, I haven't done what you want me to do, but the barrier is not your prayer life. The barrier is that you haven't sowed or you haven't done the things or poured your own life into the action steps in this area. Is that in principle? Like, yeah, I want to fix that. I want to do that. But how I'm going to do that is not just through my power through prayer. It's going to be through your faithfulness in this area of your life. And as you pour out and you act obedient in this area, then you'll see me give you the breakthrough that you need. In other words, listen to this. What God was saying to me in many ways was, hey, Prayer was never designed to be a substitute for your obedience. Like prayer was never designed to be the, 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 hey, just pray for it, but you don't have to actually act in faithfulness and perseverance and persistence sowing into this area of your life. And here's why I say this to you, and I'm not saying this is for every breakthrough in your life, and I understand some of these things, you, you know, we don't understand sometimes why God doesn't answer prayers the way we want and all that. I'm not saying that. But here's what I want you to see. I want you to think about this for a moment. What if the barrier to your breakthrough is not your willingness to pray, but your willingness to participate in what you are praying for? Like, what if what I'm saying is that what if in one of the areas of your life, you go, God, why is there not breakthrough? Well, why is there not breakthrough? I don't understand. And what if God's saying is, hey, this lack of breakthrough is an invitation for you to start actually sowing acts of obedience and faithfulness and perseverance in the specific area that you are praying for. In fact, as much as this, as much as there's a principle or a promise in the scripture of the power of our prayer, there is also a principle in the scripture that talks about the power of of what? Of reaping and sowing. In fact, listen to what God tells you and me. And I want you to think about this, but I want you to connect it to the area of your life where you're seeking God to do breakthrough in and you're not experiencing it. Here's what God says. Hey, you cannot, don't be deceived. Like, don't convince yourself that this isn't true. God cannot be mocked. There is no shortcut. A man 
reaps what he sows. Now notice God didn't say a man reaps simply what he prays. He says, I want you to understand this and please hear this. Please hear this, I think, with grace too because I'm not, not trying to like, make anybody feel bad. I'm trying to share what God showed me to help me and I just hope it helps you. And, and, and I love this moment because he, God takes a look and goes, okay, think of your breakthrough and I wanna, I wanna let you understand something, okay? I want you to understand how this principle of how I move in the context of our life and the way I'm gonna help you understand the way I move both spiritually, supernaturally and naturally is, well, the same way a farmer would, would plant seeds and get a crop, correct? Like, think about this. I love this because I want you to think of this illustration. Think of what your breakthrough is. Is it marriage? Is it finance? Is it business? Is it emotional? Is it reconciliation? Like, what is it? And here we are praying, 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 and praying, praying. And here's what I want God to say. See, he's also saying to us, yes, but you also need to sow, plant seeds in that specific area. Think about this for a moment. Imagine for a moment you're a farmer. And, and it's planting season. Everyone knows plant. And all your neighbors are out there. They're, they're digging the ground. They're toiling it. And they're, they're planting seeds. And they're weeding. And, and your family walks up and they're like, why aren't you doing that? Like, why aren't you getting the land ready? Why aren't you putting seeds in the ground? Why aren't you pulling the weeds? No, 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 no. I'm just going to pray for God to just bless the crop. Wait, 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 you're not going to plant seeds? No, 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 I'm just going to pray that God somehow sends angels and they're going to plant the seeds for me. They're going to weed for me. He'll raise the sun and send the water. And I'm just going to sit back and I cannot wait for God to bless this incredible harvest. We're going to feast. We're going to have all this blessing because, and God's like, I, don't deceive yourself. I'm, I cannot be mocked. There is a principle that is powerful in your life. And what you need to understand is, is that you will reap what you sow. And that what God is saying is, yeah, farmers can pray, but you know what they better pray? They better pray that after they've dug the trenches, after they've planted the seed, God, I need you to send rain. I need you to send the sun. I, I need you to give, you put the nutrients in the soil. And here's what I want you to do, God. See, I want you to bless the fruit of my labor. And I want you to do incredible things to take my labor planting a seed. And through all of your efforts, you're gonna take that little seed and you're gonna turn it into a tree that's gonna bless me and my family. Do you see the principle? But here's the problem. Some of us are sitting there and we're praying for God to give us trees instead of actually doing our part of planting seeds. And I think what God showed me in that day and what I think God might want to speak to some of you guys today is that some of us in certain areas of our life are praying for God to bless us, to give us this harvest in our marriage and harvest in our business, harvest in our emotional health, harvest in our children. And God, hey, will you do all these things for us? And we're praying for God to give us all this harvest. And God's saying to us, that's great. I would love to. Now you go ahead and invest and plant seeds. Like you go ahead and you be faithful and you pour into this area and then you watch how I don't supernaturally take your work, your faithfulness, your obedience, and then I will magnify it. I will, re you know, you'll reap even greater rewards with my power stepping into your faithfulness and then blessing you in this way. And there are too many of us, listen to this, there are too many of us that are going to God. Hey, listen, I know I, I want to skip my part and I just want you to do it. I want to skip the hard part of my labors and my faithless investing in this area. And I just want you to do something supernaturally. And here's what God says to us. Don't deceive yourself. Prayer alone? God can't be mocked. Listen, at the end of the day, you will reap what you sow, not just what you pray. 
And I truly believe that part of the breakthrough in your life, part of the reason why you're struggling in this area and can't break free, it's not because of the lack of power of prayer. It's not even because, once again, um, your persistence in prayer. It's because what's happened is you've never added to it your faithfulness in the midst of it. In fact, listen to this. I want to show you two, two, two areas in the Bible where every one of us are praying for. I, you know how I know this? Because I, I'm a person just like you. And I want to look at two things that every single person in this room at Boyne online, every one of you from time to time have sought God for these two things. And I want you to see how in the Bible, God will both reveal the power of prayer in the process, as well as your participation and you actually sowing into this specific area. And that is what leads to God's blessing and favor and answer, if you will, of prayer. So the first thing let's look at is peace. Like how many of you want peace right now? Let's just be real especially in a world where it's there's a lot of uncertainty. Huh? I mean, the world fights each other and we're at battle and you have inflation, which is like going out of control. You, you, you've got a divided nation where no one seems to get along and everyone hates each other. You've got like, you, you've got pandemics that are happening across the world, nuclear threats going on. You guys feel peaceful right now, by the way. <laughs> Glad I could help. And I think in a world that we live in, one of the greatest things that we crave is what I would like to call supernatural peace, right? Because um, in this world, you don't have that naturally. There's too many things at stake, too much going on. That's why anti-anxiety medication is the number one prescribed medication in our country. Why? Because there's so much to worry about. There's so much to be anxious about. There's so much uncertainty. And what I love about the Bible is the word peace is actually the word shalom. And it literally means the wholeness and the wellness of God. And, and what God will teach you is, you'll see the scripture, is that God has given us the ability to walk through this crazy world with all this crazy stuff going on with a supernatural peace that gets us through all of this. But notice how that the way to get this peace is not just prayer, but it's also your participation. It's your focusing on obedience in some areas. Look at this. I want you to see this. And here we go. So here's what it is. Don't worry about anything, which there's a lot to worry about. Thank you, Lord. All right. Don't worry about anything, but instead pray about everything. First of all, how cool is that? They're like, we don't want to hear your problems, but God's okay with that. Like, how cool is it? The creator is like, hey, listen, I want you to come to me for everything. You didn't make the, the, the baseball team. Come to me with it. You, you, you lost your temper. Come to me with it. You, you got rejected or broken up with. Come to me with that. I love it. God's like, listen, I'm your dad. You come to me with everything that you have. And I want you to what? I want you to pray. So tell God what you need. Don't be afraid to ask. And thank him for all he's done. Don't be, uh, forget to thank him for his faithfulness. What's the promise? Then you will experience God's, what's that word? Say it out loud peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. Like, it's not like the world's peace where everything has to be perfect. It's like, I feel this like peace and wholeness and rest, even though the world's crazy for his peace will guard. It will protect your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And so you listen to that and you go, wow, that's awesome. Like, so if I want peace, all I got to do is pray. And the more I pray, the more I experience peace. And so what happens is we go back to that routine and we go, okay, I don't need to do anything. I don't need to sow seeds, if you will, into the area of peace. I just need to pray and I experience peace. But here's what I want you to see. Notice what the Holy Spirit continues. He doesn't end there. Notice what he says next. And I want you to see this. And so he continues. Now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Okay. You're also to, here's the sowing seeds part, Fix your thoughts on what is true. So wait, wait, 
it means don't just pray, but you need to take the discipline on what you let into your mind. See the principle there? So it's not just the spiritual thing of God I'm on my knees, I'm fasting and praying, although that's powerful and awesome. He goes, but you need to add to that, okay, one final thing. You need to make sure that you're also taking captive every thought. And you need to watch what it is that you're letting into your mind, letting into your eyes, letting into your ears, the people that you're around with. And you need to make sure you fix your mind, you fixed your focus on what? Things that are true, things that are honorable. We get our word reverence from this. Talk about the the holiness and reverence of God. Things that are right, pure. That word is, it was used to be ceremonially clean, like almost like a baptism. So that's what that word we talk about. So you need to focus on things that, that God would describe as pure, as lovely, as admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now here's what I want you to see. He's saying, hey, listen, you want peace? Yeah, you need to pray and God give you peace that surpasses understanding. Oh yeah, but, but, but one more thing. It's not just prayer. You need to also take your mind because that's the battlefield that the enemy uses. That's what happens in your mind as you're thinking about all the things that you're worried about and you're thinking about all the problems and the chaos in your life. What your thoughts do is they produce emotions. Your emotions then produce the actions and you find yourself in this chronic state of stress. So if you want peace, yes, pray, but you also need to discipline your mind on the environment you're letting yourself in, what, what you're, the people you're hanging around, what you're watching, what you're listening to. See the part? So, you, so if you want peace, there's the prayer, but you have to sow into your your mind. But notice not just that. Look at verse nine. Keep putting into what's that word? Practice. That's an action. Did did you get that? So, so peace is prayer. Peace is focus of mind and peace is practice. All that you learned and received from me, by the way, that's God's word. Everything you've heard from me and saw me doing. What is he saying? I said, if you want peace, you need to also walk in obedience to God. See, so you need to make sure in your life that you're doing all the things that God has taught you to do if you want to experience his peace. At the end of it, then the God of peace will be with you. Do you see the difference? Do you see how it's like pray? Yes. Oh, prayer is powerful. But don't just pray. Add to it the participation part, your mind, what you're meditating on, thinking about the scripture, the memory, and all these things, and your participation with your actions put into practice everything that you've read. See, God's not saying to you, you want peace? It's great. All you got to do is pray, but then you don't have to actually, you can work seven days. You don't take a Sabbath day and rest. No, you, you, you don't have to memorize the scripture. You just go out and pray and live your life at a crazy pace and experience peace. Can I tell you something? No, you won't. You won't, because why? Because you're not practicing what God has called you to do that would ex- help you experience peace. God's not saying, hey, you want peace? All you got to do is pray and then watch three hours of Netflix. It's great. You're going to feel so much peace at the end. Pray, watch eight hours of football. You'll feel great. Four hours, maybe. Four hours might help you, but eight might be not, you know. And do you see the power of this? This is what I'm saying. See, some of you are going to God. God, I just, I need peace. I'm just anxious and the stress is, it's flowing into my marriage and my family and it's robbing me of joy. I'm praying for peace and I'm not experiencing peace. And what if God's saying, yeah, I want to give you supernatural peace, but your prayer alone isn't going to accomplish that. But if you will add to your prayer the disciplines of filling your mind with my word, if you will add to to your prayer the obedience of living your life in the rhythm and the schedules that I've called you to do, and if you will add to your prayer these things, then together your prayer, your participation, what's going to happen is you're going to reap a harvest of peace in your life. 
See, I was walking through anxiety the other, the other day and I was just struggling, just all the stuff in my mind and, and I was battling and battling and I began to open up God's word. I was praying and I wasn't really feeling much better and I opened up God's word and I read Psalm 34 and it talks about I cried out to God and God heard my cries and he, and he helped me and it talks about sending these angels camping around and as I was filling my mind, as I was filling my mind with God's word, what was happening? Then the peace of God begins to flow and, over, and just overwhelm me in my life. And some of you, listen to this, this is what God wants to do in you. And if I, I, if I if for a moment make you believe that prayer isn't important, then, then you're missing this. But for some of you, maybe the reason why you're not experiencing the breakthrough in your life isn't because you're not praying enough. It's because during these prayers, what God is wanting to knock on your heart and say, that's great, pray, you move mountains and angels, armies are gonna be at your disposal, but you still have to be obedient and that prayer was never designed to replace your obedience. And so stop asking God to do for you what he wants to do with you and through you. It's the com combination of both participation and prayer. Now listen to this. That's the first one. Now let, let's talk about something else in the Bible where you see the same thing. You see the mix of prayer and participation. And, and so let's talk about what all of us pray for, even though we won't admit it, but all of us pray for more. You ever notice that in your life? That wherever you, whatever you have, what do you want? Yes, it's embarrassing to admit it. But I, I remember early on, like starting out going, God, if I could only make this amount, like I'd be so happy. And then you get that amount and you go, God, well, what I meant was if I could only make that amount, well, then I'd be really, really happy. And then I had kids and well, God, it's unlimited what I need at this point. But there is something about us, and, I, I'm not, and that's not always good, but there's the reality that there's something about us that no matter where we are, we always kind of want more, right? And so in our world, we do spend time asking God to bless what we are doing. And maybe that is financially, that's part of it, but maybe that's also promotion, isn't it? Like all of us, want, whatever you're doing in your life, you want to do it better. You want to have a greater influence. Maybe you want a seat at the table. And so what you're seeking God for, I want you to hear this. You want God to bless you, your business, your career, and your finances so you can take care of people. You, you want to feel valued. You want, you want to do something that matters in your life. You want respect in your name. Every one of us, I don't care who you are, we're all asking God for this. And you know what? That's okay. Like, I, listen, it's not okay when it becomes like the whole focus of your life and we're, not un, we're ungrateful for it and we're in this, like, all, I just want more and more and more. That's not. But, but it's okay to ask God for more. In fact, Jesus said, give us his daily bread. You can ask God for vision. There's a prayer of Jabez. It's very famous. We saw about 20 years ago, everyone in the church was praying this prayer. And Jabez cried out to God of Israel. Here's his prayer. Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge, give me more, my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. I love what it says then. And God granted his request. What happened? God answered his prayer. He prayed that God would bless his business, his retirement, his savings, his, what he puts his hands to. And God says, I hear your prayers. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to grant your request and I'm going to prosper you in all that you do. Now, listen, what you didn't see, here's the verse before this. It says that Jabez was honorable before God. See, in other words, that God didn't just go, oh, some guy goes, hey, can you give me more? Oh, sure. Here you go. God goes, I looked at Jabez's life. 
and I saw how faithful he was and how he lived. And because of his faithfulness, when he cried out for more, I actually blessed him with more. So listen, it's okay to pray for God to bless you. You should pray for God's blessing financially. You should pray for God's blessing on your business and, and your blessing in your career. And, and whether you're a school teacher giving you favor with the kids to, to help them and train that generation, or whether it's your CEO of a company, whatever you're doing, yes, seek God for blessing. But here's the other side of that I want you to see. And this is, once again, that I want you to see. It's not just the prayer, it's the participation. Notice what Jesus says about the same thing. He says, whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. Now listen to what he's saying here. There's the principle. So if you have not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, you want God to give you more, but you've not been faithful what you have, who will trust you with true riches? And if you have not been trustworthy with someone else's property, this is your job, then who will give you property of your own? And then he goes on to say, if you're faithful with little, you'll be entrusted with much. Now here's what I want you to see. Do you see the principle where it's not just pray God bless me, but there's a connection to what we sow into this arena of our life, right? Our participation. So what he's saying to you is, yeah, you want a promotion? You want God to recognize you? You want, you want to step up and get a seat at the table and you want to influence the world? Awesome. And you know what God's saying? Then pray for it. But guess what else you need to do? You need to be faithful where you're at. Like, I know it's not where you want to be. I know it's not the job you deserved. I know in some ways that your boss doesn't even value you the way that they should. They don't reward you. They should. And nobody says, that's okay, because you don't just work for your boss. You work for God. And your boss doesn't control your future. God does. And so what you need to understand is what he's saying is, here's what I'm looking at. As you're on your knees and you're crying out, God, would you bless me with this promotion? Will you give me more influence? Will you give me more impact in the kingdom of God? I'm crying out for more. God's saying, great. Here's what I'm looking at, though. Not just your words. What I'm looking at is your life. And are you right now where you're at, honoring God and being faithful with what you have and where you're at? Do you see the principle where, where, where there's some breakthrough in your life? And what God's saying is what, what's holding you back from that promotion is not your prayer life, it's your work life. It's like, like having a bad attitude at work and not doing your best and maybe not being reliable or, or not treating. And, and when God's knocking your heart and going, I would love to promote you. But the problem is I'm looking at how you're handling that other person's problem. I'm looking at how you're managing what you've been entrusted to. And based upon your faithfulness will be the level of how I bless you in your life. It's not just about prayer. It's the same thing with finances, right? He says, if you, if, if you can't handle worldly wealth, if you can't handle what I've already given you, then why would you ask me for more? Why would I give you more of what you haven't been faithful with? In fact, there's this moment in the scriptures where a group of God's people, the nation of Israel, they, they were crying out to God because they weren't receiving breakthrough in the financial realm and many other realms. And they cry out to God. They go, God, we don't understand something. Like, hey, we're here on our knees. At one point, they're like, we're praying. We're going to temple. Like, we just want to know, God, here we are asking heaven. And it's like, once again, straight to voicemail. <laughs> why, why aren't you blessing us financially? What's the barrier? And God is so amazing. He answered them. And he goes, let me tell you what it is. Here's what. You're robbing me. See, I, I told you that the first 10% of everything you make is not your money. You don't get to decide where it goes. It is actually mine. And you're to bring that first 10% into my storehouse so there's food in my house so the kingdom of heaven can be brought to the earth through the church. Because this is what I told you. And so the problem was I blessed you with all of this and here's what you did. You didn't do it and you robbed me. And now you're asking for more 
from the God you're robbing with what you, you've not been faithful to what I've given you, so I will not give you more. And then he tells them, but listen to this. If you stop just praying for it, and instead you bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, he goes, you watch that there won't be room to store my blessing in your life. He goes, you, you, you watch how what I'll do in your life. In fact, it's the only place in the Bible where he says, you can actually test God in this area of obedience. Have you ever stopped the thing that as you're praying, you're wondering, why don't I have enough? Why is there all these problems going on financially in my life? Have you ever stopped to think that maybe God is not blessing financially, not because you're not praying for it. It's because you're not being obedient with what he's given you. You're expecting to experience these trees of blessing in God's life without sowing seeds of obedience into this specific area. Now, I'm not telling you give to get rich. Please, God's never going to hear the message from here. But I am saying that there is a principle in the Bible and a promise about where God says, hey, listen, you honor me with your wealth and, and God will once again bless not just your wealth, but your life in together. And there's too many of us, listen to this, just like the nation of Israel, just like I was in that moment going, God, would you do something? He's like, yeah, I'd be happy to. Will you do your part? <laughs> See, what if breakthrough was available for you? What if that point of frustration, I don't know what it is, but God does, and you do. What if that point of frustration in your life wasn't about your lack of prayer life, but that God's calling you to persevere and be faithful in that area? See, maybe for you it is the promotion. And maybe what God's knocking on your heart is, how can you start honoring your, your boss now? I know they don't deserve honor. Maybe they didn't do the right thing. But once again, the Bible says, do everything under the Lord, not, not to them. And, and God is the one that controls your future, by the way, not, not him or her. So, so, so what if God's knocking your heart going, yeah, that's great, man, wow. You, you participate in your prayer. You don't just pray, you participate. You watch the doors I will open at your company. You, ought, you watch what I do. If you, you, you be faithful where you are, what you have, and you watch the doors that I'm open to. And the barrier to your prayer isn't your work ability. It isn't God. It's your being willing to sow in that area of seed that you want to grow in. What if it's your marriage? And you've been praying and you've been praying, God, if you just know it's been so hard. He hasn't changed. She hasn't changed. Like, you don't understand, God. You might need like an army of angels to get through his thick skull. And what if God's knocking on your heart going, yeah, I would love to heal your marriage. But have you been faithful to your husband or wife? And I'm not talking about just not having an affair. I'm saying, have you, have you fulfilled the desires and met the needs that you committed and covenant to do? Did, 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 did you sit there and go, oh man, at once we were dating, we were all for each other and I always did these acts of service and I was always looking my best and I always would give these encouraging things and then now it's like, you know, I got kids and a career and the household and so what's happening is, God, what I've done is I've taken my marriage and I've pushed it over to the side and I poured all my energy sowing seeds into my career. It's going great because you reap what you sow. I'm going to my kids going great, you reap what you sow and then my marriage is falling apart because I'm not investing in it but God, here's what I want you to do. I want to reap where I haven't sowed. Will you do this for me? And I'm just telling you something what God's saying to you. No, you probably won't. And what God would say to you is, listen to this. If you add to your prayer some obedience, you start sowing into your marriage relationship and you, you start doing the things that caused you to get married in the first place. You start repenting and saying sorry for the areas that you have failed in your life. We all have that, by the way. And you start pouring into them and, you, and then you add prayer to it. Let me tell you something. God can transform a broken, dead marriage through obedience and prayer. But he will rarely do it through prayer alone. Stop asking God to do something for you. What he's wanting to do with you 
You cannot expect to reap a harvest if you haven't planted the seeds. If you want the harvest in your marriage, plant the seeds into your marriage. What about kids? Come on, don't we all pray for our kids? Because they need it. And I'm on my knees all the time for my boys. Boy, do they need it. (laughs) And I understand something, though that my boys won't be raised up to be men of God, great husbands, great fathers, men people want to hire by my knees praying alone. See, the Bible doesn't say pray for a child when when they're young and they won't depart. The Bible says train up a child and when they're old, they will not depart. See, I understand that my idea is, yeah, there are some battles I'm gonna be on my knees praying for because they're spiritual and, and I can't solve them straight that God can. But in the same way, I'm the, also the same dad that goes, hey, you know what? We're gonna, we're gonna sit there tonight and I'm tired and you don't wanna hear it, but we're gonna pray together and read the Bible. And you're not even gonna pay attention to what I say, but I'm still gonna keep on sowing into this area of your life. And you know what? You know what? Yesterday, Saturday, you want to play video games, but no, you're going to sit here in the middle of our Freedom Conference in the Holy Spirit section. We call on, we feel the Holy Spirit. And you're gonna, I'm going to bribe you. I'm going to buy you things. But you're going to spend 30 minutes in the presence of God. I know you don't want to go to student ministries and you'd much rather stay at home because you don't know people. But listen to me. You're going to go. And if you don't go, you're not going to have a phone or anything. But if you do go, here's what I will bribe you to go to student ministries because my job is to train you. It's not just pray for you. And when we're going to be generous and we're going to give to God, we're not going to write a check. And I, you're coming in to be a part. I'm going to teach you what it looks like to live in generosity. And when I mess up, you're going to hear dad say, I was wrong and I'm sorry. Because I'm going to train you what it looks like to be a humble. And a leader is not, never an individual that's always right. A leader is never someone that can't admit they were wrong. And if you will humble yourself to the Lord, the Lord will elevate you. But you have to be willing to be humble in how you live your life. See, my job as a father is not to just pray for my kids is to train them. And you see, if I will pour into their their lives, their souls, their spirit, not just their academics, by the way, and I make sure they prioritize the kingdom of God and they're at youth group, no matter what, no matter what. In fact, we had someone at Freedom this weekend. I don't even know if you're here now, but she was a captain on her team and she went to her coach and said, listen to me, my, my spirit and what God is doing is more important than my team. So I'm going to Freedom Conference. You can do what you want. She didn't say that disrespectfully, just for the record, right? And she said, but I'm choosing God over the sports that I'm in. And I, and I, and I saw the text she sent her small group leader in high school. I was like, wow, God, I wish parents could read this. And she showed up and got wrecked by God and God did amazing things in her life. And by the way, her coach was supportive of the decision, probably proud of her because she got her priorities right. Don't expect your kids to turn out just through prayer. God put you in their life to parent them and train them and develop them. And you will reap what you sow. It doesn't mean you're not gonna go through times of rebellion. My kids will tell you, my my parents are right there. Both of my sisters rebelled. Actually, it's really not true. I was, they literally called me the black sheep of the Ball family. That's, that's your pastor, um, right? But, but they modeled it. My father and mother modeled it. They, they were the same people on Sunday. They were Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. My father messed up. He humbly would say he was sorry. They, they modeled spiritually. They led small groups. They were, we were in church no matter what. There was nothing that took priority in God in your life. And even though I walked away for years, what is it about? Train up a child in the way she, and then when they're old, they will not depart. It doesn't mean they're not gonna wander or rebel, but it means at the end of the day, you will reap 
what you sow, not just what you pray. And here's my heart for you guys. Have you ever stopped to think that Jesus didn't just give his life for you so you could one day go to heaven? He said, I came that you could have life to its fullest and most abundance. And many of us aren't experiencing that. And I'm not saying we live in a fairy tale. We live in a broken world. There will always be struggles. But what if the area of breakthrough in your life that's been so weighing on your soul is not because God's power isn't sufficient to do it. It's not that prayer doesn't work. It's just a missing ingredient in your life that God wants to do with the same thing he did to me when he convicted me going, hey, I know what you're asking me to do and you want me to do this for you, but I really want to do this with you. And if you will add your participation, if you will sow in obedience, if you will keep sowing seeds in this arena of your life and you will bathe it with prayer and perseverance and obedience, what will happen at the end is you will reap a harvest because the promise that God gave you is you will reap what you sow, not just what you pray. And here's my heart for you guys. I want this for your life. And there's too many of us, listen to this, that if you don't learn to add obedience to your prayer, if you don't learn to add participation to your prayer, you're gonna spend the rest of your life frustrated on why the power of God wasn't enough. Well, listen to me, it has always been enough. In fact, I wanna close with this verse. The earnest prayer So the idea is not just, God, could you help me? But like my seeking God with passion, my earnest prayer of the, what's that word? Say it to me together. Of the righteous person. See the action, the behavior has great power and produces wonderful results. When you add, if you will, your righteousness in the sense of I'm I'm honoring God and being faithful and being in this area. And you add the prayer and the fasting together. Can I tell you something? God will move mountains on your behalf. He will bring generational curses in your life. He will bring healing to your marriages. He he will bring healing to your children. He will will give you opportunities to make an impact in this world that you never believed that you could. He, He will bless your business and your career in ways that you could not fathom. Not through prayer alone, but if you add obedience to it, watch out what God can do. And here's my heart for you guys. I just want you to experience this. And I just want you to pray this week. Here's my challenge to you as we close. Would you begin to pray to God as you're seeking him to do these things? God, is there anything I need to add to my prayer? Like, God, I'm praying for this and I believe in the power that it moves mountains and sends angels, armies on my behalf. And I, I will never lose faith in the perseverance of prayer. But God, as I'm praying for this area, is there any area in my life you want to convict me or challenge me to start doing more things in obedience in? And as God reveals that to you, do it and you will reap what you sow. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your encouragement. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for taking little seeds that we plant and turning them into giant trees. God, I pray that you take our little seeds of faithfulness in our marriages and our finances and our business and our relationships and our children and our ministries. And God, as we sow them in faith, God, would you multiply them? Would you do things that only that you can do? And may we reap what we sow. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.